Hello, and welcome to The Embargoed, the only podcast that gives you the unvarnished truth about the world of technology public relations. Our aim is to go behind the headlines to tell you what's really going down and have a little fun in an industry that often takes itself too seriously. Every Thursday, we touch on the top stories of the week, dissecting the worlds of technology, business, politics, pop culture, and whatever else we can examine through the lens of public relations and corporate communications. We promise to be honest, straightforward, and mostly irreverent. We'll never bore you with details about which company announced what, unless, of course, we really like the what. Today is Thursday, July 1st, 2021. I'm David Oro, and along with my host, Kevin Wolf, we bring you The Embargo. Uh, I felt like I was playing Pac-Man. Yeah, well, that's a song I have nothing to do with because I'm not a gamer, but our guest today is a gamer. We're going to allow him to explain that. So, um, anyways, before we get started, how are you doing, Kevin? Great, man. I'm having a... uh having a good week so far so, so far so far i think i was thinking about the golf course so far we on the golf course so far so far i might actually i was thinking about playing golf tomorrow as a matter of fact because i feel like the holiday weekend nobody's going to be working on friday anyway so you know why the hell should i yeah well i already started dude so like i i'm a little buzzed kevin what? uh yeah dude like so i've been trying to plan this event you know i live in napa valley right oh so. you've been drinking You've been, out, you've, been out, you've been out wine tasting. I, I had representatives from the Napa Valley Vintners over at my house today because we're going to host a party this fall hosted by them, putting together the people of American Canyon um, with some of the folks that represent the wine industry. And they do this from time to time, these little community events. And I said, hey, come over to my house, check out my backyard. Let's see how we can do it. Of course... They bring a bottle of wine. Absolutely. <laughs> I can tell you from personal experience, Dave, that this show is much, much more fun when you've taken the edge off in advance. Yeah, totally. And I'm like, oh, crap, I got to do a podcast right now. I just <laughs> had lunch and drank some white wine. I'm here. I'm ready to go, man. Let's get this party yeah. started. So. Absolutely. Um, and thank you, Napa Valley Vintners, for visiting my house today. You can come all weekend and every day afterwards. They can sponsor the show, man. They can. They can <laughs> right? I'm happy to drink a bottle of wine before the podcast and you know uh, plug their uh, their company if they're going to throw a bottle of wine in and a few bucks at the show. I got no problem with that. Yeah, they, they, uh, I'm down. Check them all right. Yeah. All right, today we have a guest. I'm I'm excited about this show because we are going to be taking on. Uh, PR and comms versus social media. And we have an expert on the show today that's going to be joining us. And, you know, I'm down with social. Kevin, eh, it's I'm not anti-social. I'm anti-social. anti-social. In, the truest, in, in the purest sense of the form. Both the, digitally the, and in the real world. That's Kevin. right. I'm anti-social. Yeah, Kevin hasn't, left, Kevin hasn't left his house in 10 years. 20 so, years. 20, <laughs> 20 years. years. Yeah. All right. So our, I had no idea. Go on. 
All right, on our show today is Rob. Oh, Rob, you know, I didn't even ask you how to say your last name. Rod Godarovich. Did I say that right, Rob? Absolute perfection, my man. Right. He's the founder. Is he RG online? Like, when you're gaming, are you you RG? What's your... My, my call sign online is the final gambit, so oh, uh, a little, and, a little more. And, and that's why you heard arcade music today, and I'll, I'll have you tell that story before that. But he's the founder of RG Strategy, a digital and social media marketing strategy consultancy specializing in tech, video games, and esports brand. Hello, intro song. He's oh, also um, uh, uh, esports social media strategist for New York-based management consulting firm Gather. Rob and I know each other from a long time ago. Um, him and yeah, I came were, across paths. My first client, my uh, first client at Outcast. You were an Outcast. I thought you were a little wet behind the ears when you showed up, though. I was like, "Hey, man, who's this new guy?" Oh, he's a social guy. I was like, "Oh, school me a little bit, Rob." And and uh, we've been in touch ever since through mutual contacts at the Great Outcast Agency. And uh, he's been listening to the show for a while, and uh, we thought we would have him on because. Uh, you know, social media is something that we've been talking about. And, uh, you know, now we're going to talk about it. Let's, yeah. So that's where we are. So Welcome, Ross, Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Glad I'm excited to get into it with you, Kevin. I know I know this is going to be <laughs> I, uh, an interesting debate. <laughs> I, I, maybe it'll be a debate. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, I want to learn something. And maybe our listeners do, too. Like, I want to yeah. understand. I really do. I want to understand how social media fits into the, uh, into the PR box, right? Yeah. It, to me... They're different worlds. Uh, I, I, I've been doing traditional PR for 20 some odd, 26 years, whatever it is. Uh, I, and when uh, social came along, I said, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm, and, and it hasn't been an issue for me or for my clients. I'm sure they get that service elsewhere. But I want to understand how those things are connected, uh, how one can benefit from the other and, uh, and that kind of thing. So you'll help us figure that out. I yeah, absolutely so- can. And Rob, before we begin, just to tell us about yourself. How'd you get into this? What's your career path? And where are you today? And what you what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, I got into this by starting in kind of tech PR. I was a communications and entertainment PR guy. I started my career at World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, interned there for two summers, and then was in-house before joining the agency world in New York City. And uh, I just happened to get into PR at a time in which the landscape was rapidly changing. And uh, I started to hone my skills, be the first person on a lot of these social channels myself personally, because I was passionate about it and interested in learning. And you know, grew that into a career. Um, and now I'm, I'm very fortunate to be out on my own kind of freelancing and working with a lot of the you know top brands in tech and uh, gaming and esports, which are personal passion areas of mine as well. Very cool. Yeah. You know, I, I, is it safe to draw a line between the world of restaurant, wrestling, which is fake wrestling, and the world of social media, which is fake news? Is that, <laughs> is that a stretch? Uh, I, uh, is that a reach? Have I gone too far? I'm, I'm gonna say I crossed the line already? Reach. A little bit of a reach. Okay. <laughs> depends depends on where, what, what social media circles you're talking about, I, I suppose. <laughs> no, no. Okay, go on. Yeah. Hey, wait, wait. So, Rob, let's stop at WWE. You are the first f- former employee I've ever met from somebody who works at WWE. I've met a lot of people that worked in Hollywood, but WWE, what, what, tell me about that. What did, what did you do there, and which famous wrestler slam, body slammed you? Huh. No, no body slams. I mean, keep in mind, this was the very beginning of my career 15 plus years ago at this point. So uh, take, take it with a grain of salt of my, my experience. But 
great company, interesting people. Uh, I did have wrestlers as bosses as both an intern and uh, when, I, when I joined after I graduated. So uh, made for some really interesting uh, hallway conversations uh, and elevator rides. You know, I had Triple H, you know, kind of holding his protein, having a conversation with me in the, in, the, in the elevator on multiple days, you know, so that's just one, but many, many more. If we had more time, uh, I could do a whole show on, on my experiences just at WWE. <laughs> did, did you do any social stuff for WWE or I guess that your time there predated social for the most part? You know, I did some content writing for them for the website and some of their, their forum stuff. Um, but this was very pre-social at that point. Uh, I think that was the point where companies still weren't seeing, first of all, the platforms themselves weren't all that mature that did exist. Um, and companies hadn't really been taking it seriously as a place that they could potentially communicate with their customers. Um, I think part of that was just the scale of the platforms that existed at the time wasn't very big. Um, and you know, a lot of big corporations in particular are late adopters for these types of platforms as well. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, um, did WWE, sorry, we're probably getting way off track. Did they go bankrupt at some point? What, what happened to that organization? That, there was a, a hiccup there at some point, right? Am I, am I forget, misremembering that? To, uh... I, I can't say I am a okay. WWE business uh, <laughs> historian. I'm not. Okay, I'm not. okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I was just wondering, I guess, like, you know, are they benefiting from social media currently? Uh, that, that I can answer, and that's a big yes. I mean, they're, they're consistently one of the, named one of the most engaged brands on social media, period. Got it. Uh, yeah, Got so it. they've invested heavily in social media. And can you do that thing that the, uh, uh, like the, the WWE announcers do? Like, or, or is that like the boxing guy where he says, let's get ready? <laughs> That's that. They that. No, they is just play a... loud music and they walk okay. in. My son okay. wanted to watch that recently. And I'm like, you sure you want to watch that? And we ended up watching it for about 10 minutes. It, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, you know, I was a uh, okay. We're getting we're getting too deep. <laughs> we can go off on WWE. <laughs> yeah, no, I got other but, thoughts, but we'll take them offline. Go ahead. Uh, all right, and so and you know, to, to preface this conversation, so you're doing a lot of sports brands. You've worked in tech before. Kevin and I are, are heavily involved in enterprise tech and you know the technology in general, less so on the consumer tech kind of the house. So yeah, uh, you've had experience with that. Obviously, you and I met at an enterprise tech company called Pivotal Software, right? So yeah. that was one of the things that, you know, we've done. So what's your experience in the tech world in general? I mean, I've been very fortunate to work with both consumer and B2B tech companies, you know, everyone from the Facebooks of the world all the way through to folks like, like Pivotal. And I'm, I'm actually doing some work for a couple stealth cloud technology companies right now as well. Um, so uh, I, I, the one thing I will say at a macro level is, you know, I've, I've definitely heard in the enterprise world specifically that where some companies, particularly startups, will say, oh, well, we don't have the time or the budget for social media. We don't think that's an area that we should be investing in. And I think that is dead wrong. I think it, regardless of who your target audience is, there is value you can derive from that. Uh, and it's a place that you need to be in some capacity. What platforms and to how much degree, you know, is, that will vary. But to right. say that there's no value at all for those companies, I think that is a really dangerous road to go down. Yeah, I think my thing is, is that, you know, you see on the consumer side of the house, consumer tech or any general consumer issue things, um, social is leveraged a lot more. In enterprise tech, it's yeah. still leveraged, but not to the virality that 
a consumer thing could happen. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they're using it for very different things in a lot of cases as well. You know, for B2B tech, I think the biggest way that I've seen uh, companies have success is they're, they're using it for things like recruiting, particularly for very difficult you know, or competitive positions, right? You know, they're showing workplace culture. They're trying to talk about the really interesting, exciting challenges from a technical perspective that they're trying to solve to attract talent to them. Versus when you look at a consumer brand, you know, yeah, they're maybe trying to build up their brand, raise awareness or, you know, sell product, you know, but that's not really what enterprise companies are. They're not using social to sell. Like the CTO is not going to you know, click on a link and buy a, you know, enterprise technology product from, from a Facebook post, you know, but they, they, you know, you, you may get a developer or somebody to, to join your team potentially because they saw an interesting project on a, a social media site, you know, but they just came across looking at that content. So, so Rob, I've been known to, to hammer social media uh, on this show before I'm going to do so again, I'm, I'm sure before this show is over today, but you know, when I think of social, the first thing that comes to my mind and maybe you know, more casual, casual social uh, media people out there is, you know, it's Facebook and it's Twitter, but are there platforms that are specific to enterprise social media platforms that are specific to enterprise that kind of make more sense than, than a Facebook does? I think LinkedIn is probably the biggest one we haven't mentioned already from an enterprise perspective. Um, They're fantastic for recruiting. They're fantastic for really rich media to kind of document things like really interesting technical projects and challenges. Um, they're really good for workplace culture. Um, and, and from a new business perspective on the paid side of social media on LinkedIn, they have really, really good targeting. And LinkedIn is a platform, the only platform where your identity is tied to your workplace. So engagement on, on that platform there tends to be no toxicity. There tends to be no misrepresentation of who you are or trolls or anything like that. So the quality of people that you get engaging with your content there and clicking your links and, uh, is much higher on LinkedIn overall. Uh, so I think that makes it a really attractive platform for B2B specifically. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say that. I had never thought of uh, LinkedIn having the tie into your employment as a gating factor to your behavior. Yeah. Right. So like, I got a job, man. It's here on LinkedIn. I'm not going to tell you all the F off or <laughs> tell you where I stand on a few things. I had never thought about that. And I guess it, it self-regulates that social network. Unlike it, it Facebook really does. and Twitter. Yeah. Right. Where you can also create, you can create fake profiles on Twitter or like put false information. Like I live in the moon versus yeah. where I actually am. You know, the, the value of, the LinkedIn platform for a lot of companies is you know that the people that are engaging with your content and you can click and see it's real information. They're, they're there for professional reasons. There's a lot of, there's a lot of quality to the data of the, the people using that platform. It's harder to hide for sure. But are there other platforms besides LinkedIn that you would, that you put up there as a B2B platform for social media? Twitter is another one that's really important, particularly for the tech universe. We already talked about that a little bit, but um, there are more challenges uh, to that platform, um, particularly the, the, the paid piece of it. It's, it's a lot more expensive, especially for startups and things to scale quickly on, on the platform. Uh, but the VC community, the tech community, you know, that's a place that they go regularly, that they engage regularly. So for, for B2B tech companies, you know, that's really important to have a presence there. Right. So, Rob, so you, you talked about paid platform. A lot of us on social, on the PR side of the house, will talk about the organic, meaning, yeah. you know, 
paid versus just getting it on your own. In your in your in your work at your consultancy, are you what part of the house are you doing? Or are you doing both? That's a good question. I'm doing both, but the vast majority of my work is organic. Um, it, it, it's and that's I think partly because that's an area that I'm most comfortable playing and I have the most experience. Um, but also like thinking about my background, I actually started out as a PR and comms person. And I know we're going to get into this, Kevin, but, you know, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, the, the verses, so to speak, in the beginning of social versus PR. And I've always been of a mindset, particularly working at two different PR firms in a digital capacity. Yeah, I built my whole teams when I worked at those, those agencies around that these two things are different, but they're worlds that can very easily work together and complement each other for added business benefit. Uh, so I think it's less of a versus thing and more of how can they actually work together to accomplish some of the goals of the companies that are, are utilizing both of them. Oh, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, talk to us about that intersection because I, I myself have had problems with that and kind of going back and forth. And I manage social accounts for, for several clients and you know we're doing a lot of you know what I would call amplification of news right. uh, and then getting into communities and reaching out to that, you know, being in certain groups on LinkedIn, I don't know if it's Java or software development or big data, whatever you want to call it. We're there, we're, we're spreading the story uh, or the message. But I, I think of it as earned and organic, but then there's this other side of the house that is lead gen and, and demand gen wanting to do paid advertising and things of that nature. like. Who owns it in your world? Who owns the social media? Is it comms or is it marketing? Uh, it changes based on the organization. You know, that's the interesting thing about being in a profession that is not that old in the grand scheme of things is that, mm. especially when you look at title structures and who social media, both paid and organic, report up to in organizations, it's vastly different. I, I've, I've seen it report up to comms or chief communications officer. I've seen it report into marketing, a CMO. I've seen each one of those individual disciplines have their own kind of senior leadership and, and report directly to the CEO. Uh, it, there's not a defined model, I think, at this point. Um, and I think part of that is just because of the, the age of the profession. Uh, uh, all right, let's be declarative here. Where do you want it? I want it in marketing. Um, I think marketing makes the most sense. Um, you know, they're usually working towards a business goal and uh, they the best CMO level people, in my opinion, are people that understand the worlds of PR and earned and owned and paid, right? They may not be able to do all of those things tactically anymore, uh, but they at least have a fundamental understanding of how all those things work and how they can work together. So in my, in my mind, I think that's where it lives. I see. I, guess, I think that's fair. I, so, so look, you, you, I'm glad that you've got this background in PR because uh, this isn't something we've talked about a lot on this show, but you know, I get a lot of questions from new clients, especially that want to ask me, uh, and I'll bring this back, but they ask me about doing press releases and they want to know, you know, why do we do a press release? It's 2021. Uh, isn't that an outdated uh, PR tool? And, uh, you know, I think there's a reason for doing a press release uh, and I can get into that, but I, I think that one of the higher level reasons is it shows up on search and, you know, you control the story and you throw it up on the wire and all of a sudden it's out there. So in my head, I equate, uh, you know, like a post on LinkedIn or on any other social site uh, to uh, about a, a, an announcement that a company is making. It's the equivalent of posting something on the wire. 
right? It's, it's kind of your way of getting your story out there, pub publishing some piece of news, but uh, is, that, is that a fair, so is that, is that a fair um, analysis? Is that, is that kind of how, is, I guess what I'm saying is, is, uh, is social the equivalent of putting a press release on the wire? Uh, yes and no. So not when used to its fullest capacity. So using social media as kind of just a broadcasting tool for information is not the, plenty of companies do do that. And some of them have big follower numbers because they're the brands that they are. But the best way to use social media is for kind of three things. Uh, one, for having an active conversation. So putting content out there in which you're uh, trying to elicit a response from people and then actually listening to and replying to those responses. So having a dialogue, you know, I'm sure you've heard many different examples of kind of customer service departments and how much those have been overhauled in the last 10 years because of the advent of social media. Um, I also think, you know, press releases in particular, like they can be helpful for certain companies, particularly disclosures, you know, big public companies want to put something out there, like get it on the public record, you know, and, and to your point, yes, there is some, you know, tangible SEO benefits in some cases, but um, I would almost put that on its head of like, would you agree that the main, at the highest level, what PR is trying to accomplish for a lot of companies is telling a story or sharing a narrative? Do, do you agree with that? I, I think it's awareness for the most okay. part, you know, okay. so just at, at its core, right? So go back to the press release. You put out a press release, it shows up on search. If someone searches for your company and they find your press release it's you know the the i think the um inference is okay these guys are doing something these guys are active they've made some announcement their business is ongoing they're you know they're making news and so i think it's important to do a press release if for only that reason and so i guess what i hear you saying is that like press releases are a very static form of communication of That's communicating right. your message whereas what you get with social is the opportunity at least to engage the people that you're sharing that message with. That's right. Yeah. That's why you see a lot of companies that are a little more socially savvy, you know, they'll do it in a blog post format if it was going to be a, a press release before. So there's a potential for people to comment, engage with that. They'll take that, what would have been a press release, put it in a blog post and then break it down for the various social media channels with quote cards of kind of key points, you know, put it into a graphic format, record a video with the CEO when maybe some of the key people were involved, you know, so really taking the content that would have just been in a press release and making it very uh, engaging for those specific social platforms, just formatting it for what the audiences on those platforms are looking for. So that seems fair. Uh, how about like the longevity issue? So like one of the issues that I've got with social, as I mentioned to you offline before the show, is that I feel like it cheapens earned media. Right. I, right? So what, what I mean by that is, uh, you know, if you post something on social, it's there, uh, it, I guess it lives forever, but you didn't have to do anything to get that quote unquote coverage other than, you know, type up your post and, and push send. Whereas if you try to get earned media coverage from any traditional media outlet, you've actually got to go to a reporter or an editor and pitch a story and you know, influence them. You've got to try to win their attention, so to speak. And, and they pay right. you, so to speak, in the form of, a, of an article that they might publish. So I, I don't know. My, my thing with social is it feels like anyone can do it, right? It, you know, And so, yeah, I mean, it's great for B2B brands, I guess, or anyone else to push their announcement out via LinkedIn or some other network. But I, I, it's hard for me to believe that that has more value long-term 
for the business than an article in a traditional media outlet. What do you think? Uh, Yeah. And I would never argue that personally. You know, I think the third party validation that, you know, a journalist at a reputable publication brings to covering a company like that uh, is, is very valuable and, you know, should not be replaced by a social media program. I think that's going back to my original theme and, you know, a lot of where my professional experience in the agency world, working for a PR firm, but in a digital, you know, capacity comes into play. But I really do think that if, if a company is suggesting or attempting to replace its earned media program only with social media, that just doesn't make sense from a business perspective. They're not going to accomplish the same things. You wouldn't use those platforms necessarily to accomplish the same business objectives, you know, Um, and they can be very strong complementary efforts when they're done well. And, and those departments, if there are departments, you know, specifically for those things within a company are working together. Kevin, is that, is that where your angst is with social media? Do you think it's because you've always viewed it as, this sort of uh, replacement for traditional P- media relations and PR? Yeah, or, or do you do you think it came onto the scene too fast, too strong, and people have put overweight? That's a little bit too. It feels a little trendy still, but I feel like it, it just, it's it's killing traditional media, you know? And I, I kind of taken a, a long view of this. I feel like over time, uh, we're all going to get our news from whatever social network we happen to be involved with. It's already happening. Yeah. It is, right? So I, I feel like traditional media is dying this slow death. And you can see it in the form of ad dollars migrating from traditional media online. And I, I don't like that, you know? And, and so to me, it feels like we're going to end up at a point where everything that you, all news is going to be social or, or come from some social outlet. And my concern with that is that, uh, you know, it's not being vetted, right? It's just... Anyone can say anything, and if it appears as if it's news, over time, people will begin to accept that it is. Uh, and I've, as I've said on the show before, Dave, I, I just think that's a dangerous place to go. I, uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, I, I agree with you on the vetting point. I think it's a really good thing that platforms like Facebook and Twitter are kind of putting more and more effort into oh. labeling misinformation and things sec, like wait that. Wait a sec, wait a sec. I got to stop you. I got to call bullshit okay. on that. I got to call bullshit on that. I know that these, these platforms have, you know, they've hired whatever, hundreds of people to do that kind of thing. But really, do we honestly believe that, that Facebook and Twitter are doing a good job at this point? Oh, I would not claim that. They're yeah. they are taking effort. I think that as far as I would go is they've they have made some efforts at experimenting right. with this stuff. I, I certainly wouldn't give them grade A marks on it. Uh, Absolutely not. Not to mention, it's really not in their best interest to do that, right? I mean, from an engagement perspective, sure. From an engagement, yeah. from a revenue perspective, like to turn off a whole segment of their audience who wants to post stuff on their website, where Facebook can charge ad dollars for people to do whatever they do with that content. Um, they, they'd be shooting themselves in the foot. I think they honestly, my, my sense is that they're doing just enough to make it look like they are uh, moderating those sites. And when in fact, they don't want to moderate them at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to argue that sometimes, particularly for those platforms that are not putting any effort into 
you know, at least trying on that front. But I, I do want to cap off a point you'd made about kind of like people getting their news from social media in an increasing way. Yes, that's happening. Particularly the younger and younger your target demographic goes, the more and more they're looking at platforms from a social perspective to get their news. But if, I mean, you've seen all the headlines like Pew doing studies on this, yada, yada, yada. But if you dig a little more deeply beyond like the study headlines in the coverage, what you'll see is most of the places that these people are getting their news via social media are from traditional outlets. It's just they're discovering it on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn for 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 the first time. It's so being aggregated on those sites. Correct. Correct. So it's it's it, you know obviously look there's no argument that that from a revenue perspective that does not help these publications right you know right. Uh, but. You know, uh, as they're trying that too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. It also goes the other way, right? So, Q Anon would not exist without social media, and they publish their own stuff, and it's all BS, <laughs> and like that's spread out crazy. Right. Um, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, take take it a step further, and you know, is it really hard to believe that Facebook itself, at some point, if they're not already doing this, is becomes its own media organization right they hire their own quote-unquote editors their own quote-unquote reporters and you know using and and they can say hey this is legitimate editorial but i don't i just wouldn't buy that i wouldn't feel comfortable knowing that uh mark zuckerberg was deciding what news uh, i was going to going to consume well they've done that actually a couple times already they had a human editor team for right. what used to be their kind of news sidebar um for a long time um, and they just abandoned that product altogether. Um, but, you know, they, they were doing that for a while. And now they have a handful of celebrities they're starting with, but uh, for their newsletter product that they've released where, you know, they have like people like Malcolm, I think it's Malcolm Gladwell, who's writing a newsletter for them now, you know, so there is, they're hiring content people to write editorial content for their platform. So um Look, I think there's there's good and bad examples you can cite all day, uh, right? You know, like the, for for every QAnon, there's there's Me Too and and Black Lives Matter. You know, there's 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 plenty of good and bad. Um, I think the reality of the situation, you know, is that these platforms they exist, and from a communications and marketing perspective, they are where people are getting their information and spending their time. So until whatever the next communications platform that comes to replace social media sites, which somebody much smarter than me will, will come up with, I have no idea what that will be in the future, comes along, you have to play on these platforms if you want to be successful from a marketing perspective. Like, it, it, there's just no question about it. Do, do you think there's any danger to a company uh, in participating or, or having, sharing your stuff on a platform that, um, you know, that may end up having some negative association attached to it? So like, you know, imagine a world, well, I, I don't know, you know, um, this isn't going to be a great example, but, you know, there's Bill Gates has been in the news a ton, right, where uh, and it hasn't been very flattering lately. And you see people, you know, I think like Warren Buffett distanced himself from the Gates Foundation this week because I'm assuming it's because he was uncomfortable with, you know, the perception of Gates and how it's changed over the last several months since he decided to get divorced. I wonder if that kind of thing extends to companies publishing on various uh, social platforms. So, you know, if, if uh, Facebook, if the tide turns in a really bad way for Zuckerberg and Facebook or for LinkedIn for that matter, which I think is owned by Microsoft now too, do people start to go, geez, I don't want to be on that platform because uh, by association, I look bad. 
is that a risk? Do you, does that something that your clients are concerned with or that you'd be concerned about? Uh, that's a great question. I, is there some degree, small degree of risk? Sure. Is the risk, does that risk outweigh the benefit for these brands? No. And, and I think a perfect example of that is you see the, was it six, seven months ago, something like that, where everyone boycotted. There was a, there was a ton of Fortune 500 brands that stopped their advertising on Facebook because of right. some, you know, many, many political reasons, a bunch of other things. And six months later, they were back on advertising on the back. platform. Facebook has something that they cannot get anywhere else at scale and at an affordability level. And that's millions of people. Is what millions is. of people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. All so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Good conversation. But this show is about fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get some games because we don't have much time left. Um, I'm watching the clock. We try to keep this under an hour. But before we get going, Kevin, you put together a social media top 10 listicle. What is it? What do you, what do you got going on here? Yeah. So I, this, so before the show, uh, Rob said, Kevin, what are your high level gripes about social media? And so I just rattled off a few and I'll throw them at you and we can do some sort of, you know, wacky lightning round where Rob and, and Dave, you guys can respond to my top 10 list of why social media sucks. Does that sound fair? I'm ready. It does. It does. But Kevin, I got to say, yeah. I, think, I, I think Rob kind of got you in place here. I oh, is he schooling me? I, 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 I think you're seeing the good side. I think you're seeing the good side of social too, it right? Might be, I might be coming around. I, you know, we didn't get to talk about it necessarily, and, and maybe we'll have Rob back, but I, I really do want to know, like, what is the, the right balance? Rob, maybe you can just give us like the 30 seconds. Like, what's the right balance from a budgeting resources perspective if you're inside a b2b company specifically and you've got x amount of money what percentage of that money or that time or resources should go to traditional pr versus or traditional media versus social media what's your if if rob's involved 100 of the budget goes to rob yeah i was gonna say i charge x number of dollars an hour and uh, you gotta share that budget rob come on now dave and i gotta eat too what's the right balance the the shortest answer i can give you it's going to depend on a number of different things and it's going to be different for every company based on their business objective I think we could spend another hour long episode specifically on resourcing and figuring out the right balance between those two for the right companies. Well, and I, and I just think that Dave and Kevin have to eat and Rob has to eat. So just keep that in there. And and, and we're in California. We have much finer dining over here. That's, that's, that's the best way to answer it is there should be a split. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, that seems fair. But, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're launching a website, uh, the Embargoed website, and we'd love to have Rob contribute an article that breaks down, you know, the factors, the variables that go into making that kind of decision. So, Rob, you are hereby invited to post an article when we launch our website uh, on that topic. I, actually, I got a segment right after this listicle, Kevin. Oh, for us. okay. All right. Yeah, we'll get into that. Right. Yeah. So here's the listicle. So I got 10 reasons why Facebook, sorry, why social media sucks. Uh, and we'll, <laughs> here we go. Number one, it ruined the internet. Uh, we were getting along just fine until Facebook and those guys showed up. We had all the, the pets.com and, and the web vans and like we were figuring shit out. We were automating all kinds of processes that we did manually. And then social media showed up and, you know, and, and it's been a shit show ever since. Go. 
No, awful people have always existed and there was always vehicles for them. All this kind of stuff happened on forums and things like that before the social media sites showed up. All right. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. People have always sucked. I get that one. All right. Number two, it killed, it killed traditional news. Everyone gets their information from social, from their social media echo chamber. You addressed this before, but what do you think? Yeah, we were talking about this a little bit. It's true to a degree, but I think there's plenty of examples of traditional news outlets that have adapted to this. And there's going to be more and more of them, I think, as there are proven models of success. Look at BuzzFeed. I know you're going to hate me for that one, but like they started out as a destination for cat pictures and listicles. And now they have a legitimate, didn't they win a Pulitzer? Like, yeah, yeah, recently for, for the... Uh, the work in China. So, you yeah. know, there, there are models that can work. Um, and right. so the advice to traditional media is just be better, figure that shit out, figure it out. Got it. Okay. Number three, it destroyed democracy. Good luck with this one. 2016 election, 2020 election, likely all future U S elections. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, how, how could you possibly argue that social media did not kill democracy? Uh, well, democracy is not dead yet. But, yet, uh, yet. It's hopefully, teetering. hopefully, it's <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think we'll, we'll we'll all say that we're we're hopeful for this one coming out uh, in the right okay. way. But, uh, the I can't argue with this one. This is this, yeah, is, this it, is a tough one. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That's a point for Kevin, Dave. If you keep <laughs> uh, it, it, it gave crazy people. This is number four. It gave crazy people a bigger voice. Yeah, people used to be crazy on their own. I we love that line. People used to be crazy on their own. That that's why we should get rid of social. Let them be crazy on their own. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's not true. They were in the in the town square instead of uh, on Facebook. You know, like, yeah, but it's a town square. It's, though, like, it's a small town square. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, keep it over there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't I'll know. Put it on my phone. I think it's two two, Dave. You got to keep scoring. I think we're even that. Number five. It gave crazy people. This is going to be hard for you. It gave crazy people a way to hide. Right. You got the anonymous posters. You got the hackers that are out there on social media stealing all of our information. Like that did not exist before social. Yeah, harder to argue on this one. Uh, it's funny. I think we probably philosophically from a user and a consumer perspective probably agree with each other more than you all right think. each of you get a point for that one yeah really we got to split that point okay hey, so- you, you, you get you get it it's not point five. you each get one. Oh, so okay. how about okay. that well what's the difference okay uh, you, you do that <laughs> so number six it forced the rest of us to listen to crazy people i don't care about your conspiracy theories what do you, you got not, uh spend enough time curating your feeds because i don't get any of this stuff Good point. Yeah, dude, I, I did after the election this year, I did curate my feed and it's a lot less crazy. Okay. So that's a good, I'm gonna give you that one because you're right. I spend no time doing that. So that that's fair. <laughs> that's fair I, I don't mind that. Number seven, it put too much power in the hands of too few unelected people. Zuckerberg Dorsey, are you listening? Hard to argue that one as well. I agree. Oh, point, uh, I think point the, Kevin. The, yeah, the larger challenge there, though, is that <laughs> the people who can change that, who can regulate some of these companies in our government don't know enough about technology to do it effectively. Uh, That is true. They probably also don't want to because uh, their coffers are being filled by the Zuckerbergs and Dorseys of the world, right? So they're really not incented to do that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Number eight, it made the vein more so. I don't care also about your dogs, your kids, your bachelor parties, et cetera, et cetera. 
I think that was just happening in other places. Now, to go back to, you know, it, it killed the internet, right? You know, we we're getting yeah. along well. It was just happening in different places. It was happening in email chains. It was happening uh, it, on blogs, right? We went with, through the whole like vlogger, blogger, uh, you know, era, right. you know, so it's just a different platform for the same kinds of people to do that. Dude, kind of I, 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 don't, I don't think it made people more vain. I, vain people are vain people and they're going to do it at a private right. party, um, in the but bathroom it's by themselves. It's vanity at scale, I think yeah. is probably the better way that I could have put that, right? So it, you're right, people have been crazy, people have been vain, but now like we're all subjected to their vanity and literally millions and millions of people are subjected to it, which which isn't pleasant. All right. Um, no points for either of you on that one. Okay, okay, I, I can live with that. I, I, look, I got, I got the last two wrapped up, so I, I think I'm, I'm taking this home. Number nine, it's not social. Staring at a screen isn't the same thing as hanging with a friend uh, you know, networking with somebody in person. As a, as a gamer who yeah. has people I would call friends from all over the world that I've mm. never met in person or have only met once in person, I would disagree with that. I think. Yeah, I'm going I'm to give that to, I'm going to give that to Rob because there's people around the world that I'm socializing with that were friends before, you know, like when I lived in Hong Kong, I got a bunch of friends in Hong Kong. I comment on their stuff all the time and share their stuff. You were friends before. I don't know if that counts. I, I, Whatever. I'm being social with them. Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, it's really, it's like, eh, you lost. Is liking a post <laughs> is really, is liking a post or saying cool shirt or whatever you, you know, like, is that really socializing? Like, that yeah. just seems like half ass socializing. But I, look, Rob's a guest. I'm willing to give him the point on that one. So I, I'll all concede right. that. Number 10, this is, you know, irrefutable. The number one reason to hate social media is because it gave us uh, Donald Trump uh, in in uh, as the president of the United States. So uh, I think that's a slam dunk for me. No, I'm gonna leave that one because there's hard darky there. Yeah. <laughs> there's you, uh, you you get it you get it, Kevin, and my, the the score is five five. You guys, all right. Well, we'll <laughs> yeah. my, Rob's a good sport, uh, and uh, we still don't have an answer to whether or not social media sucks. But we will uh, continue to debate that topic. All right. All right, Rob. We got one, we got one more for you. There's no free lunch for getting on this show. Okay. All right. You owe us, right? We, as you know, we've got a new logo. Uh, we're blowing up, dude. We we're like everywhere. Like I got a random email from a big agency person saying, Oh, I love your show. I want to run something by you. I don't want to be on dumb shit. PR agencies do. Right. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I didn't even know you were listening. So what, we got the logo, we're doing this. We just launched the embargo Twitter handle. We follow no one and have 10 followers. Get us, talk about the strategy to get us to a million followers. Okay, 1,000 followers. What do, you, what do we need to do? Yeah, 1,000 seems a little more realistic given the <laughs> market. <laughs> you have to start with who your audience is, right? Yeah. Go from there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, look, look, you started well. You've got nice branding. Um, you know, you've got good messaging for, like, what the purpose is, and, and it's there. Uh, you just got to start posting consistently. You know, you guys have the luxury of do regular content that you're doing every week that you can push out. And from there, I would go beyond just sharing the the link to the podcast but like pulling out tidbits right you know you, kevin when we were talking about press releases before right i was like what's what's the way you can make a press release more more socially ready pulling out tidbits formatting it for the specific social platforms so i would do that you guys get so many people on here who are saying so many interesting things you guys say say really interesting insightful things pull that into a quote card pull out the quote and then link people back 
You, you'll eventually start to respond to people as they're responding to your posts. That'll get you started in the right path to get to 100 and then 1,000 eventually. So, yeah, so you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, say <laughs> responding to people, is that more, uh, is that a better way to get them to follow you than, than just posting something yourself and hoping they see it? I mean, I don't know what the right mix is. Uh, how, do you, how do you figure that out? Uh, well, I mean, posting is just par for the course. If you can okay. consistently post, the algorithms <laughs> of the platform are going to realize that you are an active user and be more likely to actually show your content to the follower base that you have. I see. I see. So that's, that's important. But these social platforms are all built around engaging with people, right? So the more that you are engaging with people, tag your guests if they're on Twitter in your posts, right? Encourage them to share it so that their followers see it. Uh, when somebody replies to a comment to one of your episodes, make sure you're replying to that on the platform. That stuff will really help you to actually build an engaged following, which is more important than you can, you know, you look at like the, the Cokes of the world, right? And they have like 800 bajillion followers on all these platforms, but how many of them are actually active, right? Because Coke's not like replying to every person every day that, you know, is, is you know, that, so you guys actually have a wonderful opportunity since you have a, it's a PR and communications podcast. Your, your audience is professionals in this world, right? That's a pretty, in the grand scheme of things, a niche audience. So it's a really yeah. good opportunity for you guys to get engaged with that niche audience because you're not. Yeah. Yeah. So like one of the things, uh, you know, we're not following anybody now because I was trying to think about how we go about doing this. We should probably follow ourselves, right? <laughs> Kevin, probably a good start. Yeah, yeah. yeah really a good start. <laughs> But like, you know, like I was going to follow the big agencies, right? Because we knock them here and there. I was going to follow our, our, our professional folks. And thank you to the 10 followers, the people on our mailing list. If you haven't followed us yet, we're the embargoed on Twitter, all one word. But we're also going to go out and probably reach the LinkedIn groups, right? So there's a public relations groups. There's probably a social media group. There's also those same groups on Facebook. Uh, we're going to do that. And so we're going to slow roll that that outreach um but i wanted to get the professional advice from no, it's, it's, rg yeah, strategy it's first yeah but we got to be more active i think is the, yeah. the short of it that's the yeah. biggest yeah all right we, okay. we might get you lunch one day rob when we see you thanks for well, the why don't we just trade services with rob like he'll he'll do our social and we'll do his traditional i think that's <laughs> yeah there we go yeah, there we yeah. go all right you're gonna pitch me out all right okay all right yeah. Gotta think I got some interesting stories to tell. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you do. We talk about the WWE. Yeah, I, mean, I want to hear about that. That's a great dinner or bar conversation, I'm sure. Um, all right, it's game time, right? So we're playing games, and for the first time ever, I've come up with my own game. Kevin's usually the mastermind for all the games. We're going to play um, Jeopardy PR or Jeopardy comms or Jeopardy social. And you guys, I'm going to present this now so you guys can't cheat. Um, you see my screen here. For those of you guys that got little things called Jeopardy PR from the embargo. You guys remember how to play Jeopardy. I give you, a, I give you the answer on screen and you give me the response in the form of a question. Okay. Okay. Um, right. You don't have to be correct. Um, you could be wrong. Um, well, how, how did I say it earlier? You don't really have to be correct, but I want you to be right, okay? You can give me a serious answer, or you can give me the answer that comes off the top of your head. So let's have a little bit of fun with this. Do okay. you want us both answering each one? or? Well, or no, you, one of you, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a little dinger, and like you know, Jeopardy doesn't have a dinger. Raise your hand or something like that. How about that? And I'll look. I'll slam know. the table or buzz. I'll say buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buzz. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. can do buzz too, Rob. Okay. All right. And then I'll call on you to answer it. So I'm going to give you an answer. You respond in the form of a question. And I wish I had the music because we have Jeopardy music somewhere. Um, here we go. Um, and I'm going to read it out loud and you can buzz after I'm done reading it so our audience can play along as well. Okay? Here okay. we go. Business Wire, PR Newswire, Globe Newswire. Buzz. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> What's the worst way to spend your PR dollar? There we go. <laughs> that is a great answer. That's a correct answer. This is the... You know, I actually, I actually don't believe that. I think those guys are doing okay. But I, yeah. I the first thing that came to my mind. The, the, the official answer is what are Newswire services? Good okay. job. Okay. All right. So yeah. we're warming up here. Okay. Yeah. We're warming up. You get it? You I like the, the humorous answers better. I might go in that uh, direction. I, I, I said, I don't want you. I don't want you to be correct. I want you to be right. All right. <laughs> you get it now? I gotcha. Yeah. Here we go. Next, next answer. Scission, meltwater, critical mention. Buzz. Go ahead. Give that to Rob. Uh, what is some of the worst ways to spend your PR spent? <laughs> <laughs> he stole my answer. That's oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're on the what, same page. What are news monitoring services measure and measurement services? That's what those things are. Okay. Yeah. Which services <laughs> should never have been invented? Yeah, that's do, what I'm Do you have any of those, Kevin? uh i'm afraid i do yeah I, i've bought one of those i won't even say which one I, i'm 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 a i'm a user of one of those yeah but but for a media database or for news monitoring media database yeah yeah I, okay i do, yeah. I do media monitoring the old-fashioned way the old-fashioned way just chasing down stories where you see chasing them right stories, yeah yep all right here we go here's the next answer sprinkler sprout social buffer hootsuite buzz oh this is straight up your alley rob what is, in most cases, an essential tool for your social media program? Oh, he gave the right answer. These are social media publishing, monitoring tools. And you got most of the cheaper end of the solutions that offer what? Dude, quality products. So what, nice what's, a, what's the high end one? In this group, I think I'm pretty sure Sprinkler would be the highest. Oh, it's Sprinkler, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're 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 commenting me on getting the the cheap ones, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, what are uh, exotic dance clubs that <laughs> popped up in the last six months? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hootsuite. I mean, yeah, no, yeah the Buffer, yeah. Sprinkler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, here we go. We're do gonna, do all right, here we go. Next one. Someone who has a large number of followers and has established enough credibility that other users look to them for inspiration. Brands often compensate them to serve as ambassadors. Buzz. Go, Kevin. What is an influencer? Oh, yes. Is that right? Did I get that yeah, right? Yes, totally. Okay. But, but that's, uh. that, that's the correct answer. I didn't get the right answer. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. What is a social media influencer? Okay. So. The, the, the correct answer for that definition would be not just somebody who has a lot of followers, but actually is driving engagement and can make their followers take an action. So, oh, okay. Yeah, because you can have all the followers in the world, but if they won't actually engage with your content or take an action on behalf of a brand, they are useless to you. You know, we call uh, that best practice right there. That's a tip. 
guys all right listening at home that's how i got so it. many free free ones for you guys i'm throwing that, a few and that's there. why we have you on this show man right <laughs> inform yeah. our listeners here we go next one a term for content or story ideas that could be published at any time as opposed to a story with a timely component such as an event or new product launch buzz go ahead rob I think this is the correct answer. What is evergreen? Yes, that's it. Oh, yeah, wow. oh, wow. There you go. It's like, yeah, I'm too slow, man. I'm like, trying to <laughs> read. what the hell is he talking about here? Evergreen, good. Okay, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, I lost that. Kev was like, oh. This I'm is trying to figure out how to like, how do I answer the question without knowing it and in the form of a question? I can't do that at the same time. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Kev was like, this is kind of getting kind of professional on me. hard <laughs> for me, yeah. yeah right, here you go. <laughs> Next one. Communications and activities designed to build positive relationships between employees and employers. Oh, okay. Buzz. Go ahead, Kevin. What is internal comms? Internal comms, I'll take it. Employee communications is fine too, right? Okay. Same okay. thing, right? There you go. Good job, Kevin. Thanks. The brain hey, does the work. Way, are there social uh are there social benefits or social reasons so let me ask that question differently uh rob are there reasons for a company to use social to target employ existing employees is that a thing i mean it can be for morale or to like showcase you know workplace culture or things like that but i would say it's more the other way of the biggest advocates you have for telling your stories are your own employees, assuming they're happy, right? Like we're, we're right. just going to make the assumption that they're all happy doing what they're doing and everything is dandy. But, um, you know, there are, there are most of the big, uh, you know, bigger brands have programs, software, that kind of thing, where when they post something that's really important, not evergreen moments, right? Those events and those news announcements, there is all this infrastructure internally, software tools, suggested copy for them to share that news on their personal social media handles. Right. Um, and you know, there's great value in doing that, right? You're, 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 you're showing happy employees that they're excited about what they're doing and it helps to, to signal boost the, the news on social media for you. But, but predominantly it's, it's for external purposes, social, you right. Would say, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are plenty of examples of internal communications where they have kind of intranets and things like that, but right. uh, not, I have at least never worked with any company where it's been a high priority to target their own employees via social content. By the way, way to bring back intranet. The, uh, <laughs> internet, what is a word that hasn't been used since you know, 1999? <laughs> right? I love it. All right, all right. All right, it's going to get a little bit more fun. This all can't be serious. You guys ready for the next one? All right. Sure. Oh, a schedule of topics that will be covered by a publication over a period of time. You may also create this for a client's own content, such as media pitches, social media strategy, blog posts, and newsletters. The next one will be fun. Buzz. Go. What is an editorial calendar? Yes, Kevin. Good yeah, job. Baby, yeah, baby. <laughs> Follow-up question, though, Rob. Are there editorial calendars for social? Or, I mean, it seems like social, like, is so in the moment and it changes literally moment to moment, whereas traditional PR, you can kind of plan a little. Is that true or no? I mean, it depends on the company and the strategy, but I would assume even for companies where things are changing every single day or they're in an environment where like a news organization, social media, right? Where everything's going to be kind of different each day, depending on what's happening. They must have some form of planning, 
you know, especially for longer pieces or editorials. So yeah. the, the, the answer, I think, unilaterally is yes. Like there, there, there is some form of this for every company doing social. On, on the ones I do, you know, there's evergreen stuff that we're always pushing, either like customer wins or announcements or, or, or resources. But it also mirrors an editorial calendar of news that we're publishing or an events that we're doing. So, yes, it does mirror and it aligns all together with the rest of marketing. All right. I promise the next one will be fun. All right. You guys ready? Actually, this is fun. Ready? Here we go. A contributed article placement for a Series A startup in the New York Times, Washington Post, or Wall Street Journal. Buzz. And hopefully Evan will back me up on this one, I think, if I'm getting this right from my old PR. What is uh, wishful thinking? <laughs> there you go. I like that. I, I was going to say, what is... Uh, something that an investor, uh, you know, paid a journalist on the side for, uh, for, for placement. You know, it, it, wishful thinking is is a much better summary of my point. But I think it's the same. Uh, one. I was going to say, what is impossible? Yeah, what is impossible? Good, even better. Yeah, highly highly unlikely. If it happens, uh, you know, uh, go to go to Vegas. All right, here we go. PR terms that sound sexy. Buzz. Kevin. What is not invented? <laughs> Rob, I know you got more. Let's just, we're buzzing this one for like three minutes until you guys figure out something. What is embargoed? <laughs> My favorite guest right off, right, right, right away, man. I love that. What is the embargo? Attaboy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. PR terms that sound sexy. Uh, God. Uh, <laughs> Uh, none. I don't know, man. It's the least sexy industry in the world. What is, uh, <laughs> shit, man. What is a briefing book? There you go. <laughs> right? it's a briefing gets turned book. on with that? What is your message? Yeah. What is your message? Right? <laughs> what is your message? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. None. I think is the answer to this. What one. is your deadline? I'm trying to go with you guys here, but I can't figure it out as well. So that. it is not a sexy industry. I'm sure somebody out there can, Get back to us and hit us up on the Twitter handle and bar. Bringing sexy back. Yes. Yeah, All right. I think the last one is the best damn podcast on the internet. Oh, buzz, buzz, right? <laughs> what is the embargo? There we go. I think Rob already answered that question. All right. Those are all the, the last one. Those are all the questions I have. You guys did a great job doing that. So thanks for Good playing idea. along. I like it. For, uh, for Jeopardy PR from the embargo. We'll do all that right. Again, that's a good one, Dave. All right, so uh, last segment, Kevin. This is all you, man. Rep, fire, and refer. And yeah, Rob, you're, you're up for it. I know you know this game. You rep right. it, you fire it, or you refer it. I was I was thinking about uh, Rob being on the show. I was thinking about our conversation around social, and I was thinking about social platforms that have failed. So, Rob, we're going to go with Google Plus, MySpace, and Friendster. You got to represent one. You got to fire one, and you got to refer one to someone else all right uh well just my own interests i was always a music guy i actually had a myspace page back then. it might even still be up who knows but uh so i <laughs> i think i think that was a missed opportunity from a from a community perspective especially a community driven around music so i would rep myspace uh, okay. uh, wait 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 didn't ashton kutcher try to rep it didn't he get back into it didn't somebody Justin Timberlake like bought it didn't Timberlake? Yeah. Buy it? Timberlake, somebody like that. Yeah. And they failed yeah. too. Yeah. 
But I think you're right. I mean, it, it does seem like they were, you know, they were at the beginning of this whole thing. They ought to, uh, they ought to have done better. I think that was, I'm trying to remember what happened to MySpace exactly. Like, like you it's said, like, suck, dude. dude. Did you, did you go on it, dude? It was horrible. No, I was like, never, but it, was like, it was at it's, the beginning. Like, shouldn't these guys have, I don't know, shouldn't they have had some really successful exit or, or what did they screw up? They sold it to him. I'm pretty sure they sold it to a media company, but I mean, David's right. Like they, the design was like from 1990s GeoCity sites. You remember all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, dude, it was horrible. Yeah, it was bad, and they never they never updated it. So I think that's why they eventually wound up losing out. You know, like they were so clinging to the nostalgia of what they had that they never made enough improvements to modernize it. Uh, and then there was also there was also that guy, the founder, of Creepy Tom. Like every time I went on there, there was this dude who said he was my friend. I had no idea who he was. <laughs> But it was the founder. Like, can you imagine going to Facebook and seeing Suck every day? Hey, what's up? You know, and his yeah, face is weird. right there. But credit the media company for buying uh, their, you know, what, what eventually became like the biggest threat to media companies, right? Like these guys had the foresight to say, you know, we got we to gotta kill these guys before they kill us. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you're repping MySpace because of the music. Repping MySpace. Yeah. Right. Um I would fire Friendster because I never used it and don't know. What the hell about was it, it dude? What yeah. was it? Like no idea. <laughs> it, in the dust, dustbin of social networks. It was out I there. Think... It, it, it was it was a thing. Like you guys have all heard of it. You know. Yeah, no, I think I hopped on it and then I felt like I, I felt like there was nothing there. I don't. I don't even know what happened to it. it went okay. the way of Plaxo oh. or whatever. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> why are you referring Google Plus? I would refer them because. There's a lot of, there was a lot of actual opportunity, right? Like integration with other Google products. There was a lot of resources at Google to be able to put behind the success of something like Google Plus. So, you know, it, it feels like there there is an opportunity or was an opportunity there. Right. I think the, the, the reason I would refer them is because they didn't have any differentiator when they were around. They were just you know, MySpace had music. Facebook was trying to build itself as like a community, you know, like Google Plus was just like, hey, we're Google's take on social media. Right. You know, there's nothing different or like anything to kind of separate them. So, you know, while there was a lot of opportunity and a lot of resources going into it, which would make it so not, not I wouldn't feel bad referring it to somebody else. Uh, it just wouldn't be for, for me. That's fair. Uh, we got, well, I was just going to ask if people want to join a new social community, but they are, right? TikTok is one of those places, right? And people it's are exploding. playing around the, right? And so I guess people do. For me personally, I'm done managing social networks. I'm sticking with Facebook and LinkedIn and, and, and Twitter, but maybe it's because I'm old, right? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, as I was thinking about this conversation we we're going to have today, I was thinking about all the social networks and it struck me that there really aren't that many, right? There's like eight to 10, maybe six to eight that you'd think of off the top of your head that you'd say, yeah, I know those guys and they've been around and, you know, I've either used it or I know people who do. But it's really not such a big universe, right? I mean, it, they cover a lot of space, obviously. But really, I mean, are there more than a half dozen or so, you know, credible, necessary, frequently used sites? Only if you're doing global work, because there are some sites where they're very popular in particular countries or regions, but are not big in the U.S. Um, right. I think the right. biggest thing that uh, is not super popular in the U.S., but is absolutely huge in all other markets for the most part, is messaging platforms like right. Telegram and Facebook what, Messenger, WhatsApp. WhatsApp, yeah. yeah. What, yep, uh, exactly. Yeah. Huh. 
Cool. Yeah, here in the states, and we're like, there's a half dozen, and then it's you know the the list starts to get really small. Yeah, yeah I think I think there's several that we you know in China like WeChat or uh, others that are there that we just not a part of. Right. All right, Rob. That was fun. I hope you enjoyed being on the show with us. Thank you for dropping knowledge for us. Uh, you know, I learned a lot, and and, and I saw. I saw Kevin sway a little bit. Hey, hey, can we give Rob a chance to plug himself and his business, Rob, anywhere yeah. you want people to go and find you or, or read about your stuff? Oh, right on. I appreciate that. Thanks guys for having me. Super fun. Had, had a great time. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Rob Godarovich, or go to my website, rg-strategy.com. Uh, I do all things social media, digital marketing related, uh, especially if you're a tech brand, a gaming brand, or an esports brand. But and the he's first got, the, got the PR background too, so he's going to give you kind of the best of both worlds. Yep, and not only that, you 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 need to find him on MySpace because that page is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're Tom. Rob and yeah. Kimmy Tom hanging out. <laughs> yeah, Rob and Kimmy Tom hanging out. Nice. All right, guys. Good having you, man. Thanks yeah. for making time. Yeah. Um, for those of you in the United States, um, have a great Fourth of July weekend. Take the time off. Start taking the time off at night tomorrow. In fact, you have my permission. So mm. once again, thanks everyone. See you soon.